Welcome back to the Living On Purpose podcast with Pastor John and Sam. You're listening to episode number 23. And here's our next question. How do I know when I'm spiritually ready to pour into others? How do I know when God is ready to use me to disciple others? And how do I know God is ready to use me properly? Yeah, this is a a big question. There's a lot of factors to it. And I love the fact that someone is asking this question because I think it is important to look at where a person is, look at where we are at personally, and to try to figure out, okay, am I spiritually mature enough to handle this opportunity that God's given me? Yeah. And so here's a couple of things that I've seen, both uh, extremes that I would warn against. Number one, the first extreme is if the person has a pulse and claims to love Jesus, then we should put them in a position of leadership. <laughs> Sometimes, unfortunately, that is the case. I've seen that in the church world quite a bit over the years. And even when I first came to Emmanuel, I made that mistake. There was a particular man that I put in a position of leadership in our children's ministry, and it really backfired on me. I didn't know him that well. I didn't know what his tendencies were. I didn't know what his struggles were. And I put him in a position of leadership and I hurt some people in the process, which was damaging to my relationship with them. And also I put this man in a position, not understanding some of the addictions and issues that he had. And so I knew that he supposedly loved the Lord and that he had served the Lord in the past. And there was no trying period, no sort of proving period. And I regretted that. Yeah. And so I don't know. I mean, I think it's a thing in the church, right, where we put people in positions of leadership, and we really don't know that much about them or where they stand. So we got to be really careful with that. The other extreme is if the person isn't exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit every single time, memorizing half of the New Testament and can quote from the Apocrypha, (laughs) then that person's not ready to influence people. All right, so I'm joking about the Apocrypha part, okay? That could be a question for a future episode. (laughs) Yes, yes, it could be, and I'm not advocating that's at all the Word of God, so I want to be clear on that. But the point is, is sometimes churches have these overwhelming membership systems that someone has to go through before they can begin to serve in ministry in some respect. And it's just overwhelming. It's it's tedious. It can be dominating to a person's desire to actually serve God. So all of a sudden, man, they're just in a place where they get discouraged and overwhelmed. So those are two extremes. I've seen that, and I think both are incorrect. So what I want to give to you today are some phases of a person's maturity that I believe uh, will make them uh, a a reliable person to do ministry and influence others. Okay. All right. So phase number one is take in before you give out. Take in the gospel and what it's all about before you seek to really start to influence people. I would say if you don't know the gospel, you don't understand what it means to share the gospel, that's something that you really need to understand. Okay. Why? Because It's the most important thing. It's the thing that drives everything, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ. Okay, so if you don't know the gospel, chances are you could influence someone in the wrong direction. So the key to this phase is knowledge and consistency. When you start to have some, I believe you're ready for the next phase. Too many people want a position just because they've made a profession. Hear that Mm -hmm. again. Too many people want a position just because they've made a profession. In other words, I profess Jesus, now put me in a position, or let me influence people for Jesus. Well, that's a scary thing if you're making a profession and you don't have knowledge. So the Bible tells us in 2 Peter 3, verses 17 and 18, Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless 
and fall from your secure position. So he's talking about false teaching. Do not be uh, pushed in a, in a wrong direction and don't be the person who's pushing someone in a wrong direction. But verse 18 says, but grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. So the challenge is to grow in grace, to grow in Christ, to grow not only in his grace, but also in his knowledge. And so I think it's important that you take in before you give out. A lot of people want to serve the Lord, and that's incredible, but they haven't taken in enough scripture to really understand what they're about to say. Yeah, I've heard it said that in like in a visual aspect, if you have a pitcher of water, right, and you're pouring out of it into cups, if there's no water in that pitcher, there's nothing to pour out. Yes. Right? So we have to be filling ourselves with the Word of God. And that's something that I struggle with, too, is making time to be in the Word of God before I can pour into others. Yeah, that's well said. I mean, you have to be taking in before you can give out. Now, the tension with this, and this is where it gets subjective, is how much do you have to take in before you can start giving out? And again, I gave you the two extremes. I think we don't just throw someone in a position of leadership or maybe you'd say it's not a position for for you, but it's like, I want to start influencing people. Well, again, the question I would ask you, are you growing in your own relationship with Jesus? That's that's the one thought. The second thought is sometimes we think, well, this person has to know this, 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 and this before they could really influence people. And I would say that's not correct. Do you know the gospel? Do you understand the basics of Christianity? If you do, you're ready to offer something to someone else. But I would I would warn you, be very careful in this, okay? Which leads us to phase number two. Phase number two is start small, think big. Before you start discipling someone in the Bible, make sure that you've taken some classes yourself. Now, I'm not talking about Bible college per se. I'm talking about here at Emmanuel, I would say it's it comes down to discover God, discover Emmanuel, and discover you. Those are three classes I think you should take if you're new to the faith. Discover God has to do with the basics of the faith. You understand that you're saved by grace through faith and that it's not a it's not of yourselves. It's, it's not your own abilities. It's the gift of God. Understand what baptism is all about. Some people think you have to be baptized to be saved. That's not true at all. And it's important to understand the basics of the faith. Then discover Emmanuel really teaches what our doctrine's all about and other things like our philosophy, our DNA, and how you fit in all that. But our doctrine is really important to understand biblically what we believe. And then Discover You is a great class because it teaches you about your spiritual gifts and your experiences and how you can be used by God. So I really just encourage those things. And so what I would say to the person who wants to get involved, they're just chomping at the bit to get involved, what I would recommend is that you begin to serve in what I like to call non-doctrinal ways in the very beginning. So maybe you know Jesus and you don't know much more. And you're thinking, man, I don't want to wait forever to serve. And I'd say, no, you, you shouldn't have to wait forever, but you're not going to teach a class and being ready to disciple someone through the Bible. Maybe you're not ready for that. Mm -hmm. But there are some other things that I think you can definitely serve in. I'd love to see you serve at the Welcome Center or as a greeter, uh, crowd control. Pastor Ross, Pastor Matt, they always need crowd <laughs> control, right? Connection cards in the chairs. We have a, a couple in our church. They're awesome. And they've been more recently saved, and they'll come up early on Sunday morning and make sure that connection cards and pens are in the chairs, the seat back, so people can fill them out during the gatherings. I think that's incredible. Sometimes it's an outreach event, right? Pastor Matt does different outreach events. We did the backpack giveaways. It's incredible to have people show up to pass out information, to be there to serve donuts. 
at a trunk or treat type event, whatever it is, those are opportunities. And obviously upward sports, maybe you're athletic and you love sports and you can coach or volunteer in some way. And so these are things that are really important, but they're not things that are necessarily spiritual in the sense of teaching a class or discipling someone. Yeah, absolutely. And the churches run with volunteers, like the 10 or 12 of us staff members cannot make the whole church happen without volunteers. So absolutely get involved in volunteering opportunities. Yes. So be a part of a Bible study taking in before you're consumed with leading a Bible study, giving out. Be a student before you are a teacher. There is a heavy, heavy responsibility on those who teach the Word of God. Do not be quick to teach when you're not prepared to do so. The Bible warns of this in James chapter 3. Now, here's the reality. We read James chapter 3. I was thinking about this this morning, and we focus on the tongue and what not to say and corrupt communication and disrespect and those who are sarcastic, rude, mean, all those kinds of things. But the very beginning of the chapter is in context of those who are going to teach. It says in verse 1, Now, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. It's pretty intense, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. And then he goes on to talk about the dangers of the tongue. But notice what he says in the very beginning. Don't desire to be a teacher unless you're prepared to be a teacher. Now, again, I don't think you have to be able to recite Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic and all these things to be a teacher. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that it is important for you to be grounded in truth before you start discipling other people. And so phase two is start small, think big. Yeah, I like that. One of the temptations too with teaching is one-liners. You see a a one-liner posted on social media from scripture, but it might be taken out of context. And you try to apply that to somebody's situation, but you might be steering them the wrong way. Yes. No, that's good. That's good. I mean, we got to be really careful when we say something and we attribute it to God, it needs to be really from God. Thus saith the Lord, right? If we say it's from God. So it's important for us to teach the Bible in context. All right, this leads me to phase number three. Start influencing as you begin to mature in Christ. You have to ask yourself a few questions, okay? And I think this is important. In I go back to James 3, and this is what I love about that passage. Literally, if you're going to teach, you have to be able to control your tongue. So the first question I would pose to you is, are you exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit? Mm-hmm. Love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That last one, self-control, is a big one, right? How are you talking to people? How are you treating people? I've seen people before in leadership, you know, they want to serve and influence people, but then they're gossiping and they're, they're harsh, they're critical. Like, don't be that way. And if you are that way, that's something you need to work on before you're going to be a leader of leaders, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so, number one, am I exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit? It doesn't mean you have to be perfect in this area, right? I kind of joked about that in the very beginning. You're you're going to make mistakes, but is it the culture in your life that you're exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit? Here's another question. Am I able to understand the basics of Christianity? And I would say that if you're able to go through the Discover God class and understand what the basics are, then you're in a good place. But if if you have questions about salvation and baptism, if you don't really understand what it looks like to be holy. I mean, those are those are things that are very basic to the Christian journey. And so you need to understand those things before you're going to influence people. The third question is, am I willing to invest in the life of someone who needs it? This has been a theme for me uh, since the beginning of the year, investing in people, not just giving someone an invite card, not just 
know, telling someone in two minutes or less how to be saved, but actually investing in a life. And so if you're not willing to put in the work, then you're not ready to invest in someone. So again, here's the tension, right? The tension. The tension of being grounded and also using the gifts that God's given to you. There's a few things that Paul told Timothy that I think are really, really powerful that can help us to understand a few things, okay? First of all, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 6. Verse number 6, where it speaks of the ability to be grounded in the faith, right? It speaks of this important thing. You need to be grounded. You need to be someone who is in the faith, trusting in the faith that Christ has placed you in. And you need to have a basic understanding of the Word of God, a basic ability to share truth and to be able to influence people with the Word of God. I think that's a really important reality. It is absolutely something that deacons and pastors must live by. It's a qualification. Yeah, it's 1 Timothy 3.6. It says that someone who is a pastor, someone who even later on is going to be a deacon and influence people, they must not be a recent convert or he will become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. You see, the tension is when you are a person who's new to the faith, it would be easy for you to be arrogant. And so Paul warns Timothy and warns the church, you have to make sure that you're not a recent convert, that you've not been recently saved and now you're in this position of leadership. And while it's talking to pastors and ultimately to deacons, I think it's a good lesson for all of us to be really, really careful in. Okay, so the other kind of extreme, though, is what Paul said in 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2, when he said to Timothy, you then, my son, be strong in the graces in Christ Jesus and the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. And so God wants us to multiply ourselves, reproduce ourselves. Do you have to be saved 10 years before you can influence someone? No, absolutely not. But should you be grounded in a basic understanding of the faith? Absolutely. And so that's the tension. You need to be grounded and you need to take advantage of the gifts that God's given to you. Don't be quick to influence if you're not ready, but if you are ready, have at it, right? Go after people and influence people, okay? So I I would say this in closing. You are ready to disciple people when you prioritize your own personal growth first. If you've gotten to the place where you've, you know, really prioritized your own growth, now that is when you're truly ready to influence people. But if you haven't prioritized your own growth, you're not ready to influence people. Yeah. I think uh, self-realization too and knowing where you've come from and where, where you've been before Christ and then after you got saved, what Christ did in your life, if you refer to that and use that past, you can relate to people too. Mm-hmm. You know, don't put a mask on and say, "Oh, I'm this perfect Christian, therefore you should listen to me." You can use those past experiences and that past life and the change that Christ made in you as your testimony as you're as you're teaching people. Be transparent, speak your testimony. But understand that your testimony has to be grounded in knowledge as well. So mm-hmm. you have to be ready to actually influence people. At the end of the day, Hearing someone's testimony is a hook, but the word of God is what changes people. And so, you know, it's a great question that we received today, and it's important for us to think through it. I don't want to be dogmatic either way. I think it's important for you to be growing yourself before you're influencing people. At the same time, do you have to wait forever before you can influence people? The answer is no. Good answer. Thanks for sharing, John. And thank you for your question. If you have another question you'd like to ask, you can email John at weareemmanuel.life and we'll answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening.